When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm Menes, and I'm thrilled to be presenting this special WBBL interview series. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be chatting to players from the WBBL clubs and just chatting about their experiences so far this year and generally in the WBBL. This series is brought to you by NordVPN, and you can get a special offer if you head to nordvpn.com forward slash cricket unfiltered. That link is in the episode notes. And I would love it if you could go and just check it out because it's never been a more important time than right now to use a VPN. With the rise of cybercrime across the world, you can use a VPN to protect all your private browsing data and to give you peace of mind that your information is secure. Also, if you're a cricket fan, you can use a VPN to keep up with all your cricket matches by switching your virtual location so you can use your normal sports browsing app while you're on holiday or traveling so you'll never miss a ball of the action. So head to nordvpn.com forward slash cricket unfiltered. There's a special money back guarantee and some great offers there and let me know how you go. My first guest for the WBBL series is Naomi Stallenberg from the Hobart Hurricanes. She won the inaugural WBBL with the Sydney Thunder back in 2015-16. Then in 2020, she has moved south to play her cricket in Tasmania for Tasmania in the WNCL and the Hurricanes in the WBBL. She is a dual WNCL winner with the Tasmanian team, winning both the titles in the last two years. And she was a an important part of that famous victory in the WNCL by Tasmania, where they took five for two in the last over to win an incredible victory and an incredible title. Naomi, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Now, uh, it's actually the 10-year anniversary of the podcast, and I was sort of looking through the history of the show, and you were one of the very first cricketers to come on all the way back in 2017. I remember, I think it was with Scott Bailey from the AAP. Um, so yep. thanks for coming back. Um, you've moved right. states since then, but yeah, thrilled to have you on. So I'm starting off asking all the WBBL players. So, you know, you played over a hundred games of WBBL cricket. I won the inaugural title with the Sydney Thunder. What does the WBBL mean to you? Oh, the WBBL is just a really exciting and special product of cricket that we have the opportunity to play and we get the chance to have exposure to international players. Yeah, I think once you get into WBBL mode, uh, the intensity certainly lifts and, um, yeah, it's really exciting to be a part of and I guess female cricketers don't play enough cricket. So every chance we do get to play any type of elite cricket, we're certain, certainly chomping at the bit to, to be part of it. So, yeah, it's a special competition. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's certainly up there 
one of the best competitions in the world. Absolutely. And, you, you know, you've been a part of it since the beginning. I mentioned it before, you know, you won the inaugural title at the MCG on that famous day back in 2015-16 when both Thundersides won. I mean, how have you seen this competition develop in the last 10 years? Oh, I certainly think um, women's cricket's come a long way since back then. And I think within a lot of training programs around the country, that's probably where you've seen the most development. So the more that we're playing and training, that is uh, putting the exceptional performances on the board. So a lot of the the female cricketers are now full-time and that's where you can see how the, the talent and the skill is then put into ex- extremely high-performing per, high environments. So I think it's really exciting. And female cricketers are now extremely strong and fast and quick and um, they can hit the ball super fast. So I think, um, yeah, the, the strength element is certainly there now and um, it's really exciting. It'd be quite funny actually to go back and look at some of those games from the first season and, and compare them to now. I mean, the standard has improved drastically, as you say, with the professionalism of the game. So, so looking at this season, you, you've had a great, terrific start to the the summer for the Hurricanes. You're striking at almost 150 with the bat. How, how are you feeling about your own form? I guess one of my main goals this year was to strike the ball at a a high strike rate. And um, I guess I looked at what success meant for me going in, in that, you know, middle order number six role. And uh, it was mostly just looking at how many balls I can strike. Yeah. How many balls I can pretty much rotate the strike, but also striking it around that 150 mark. So yeah, it's come off so far and there's going to be games when it doesn't come off, but I'm pretty happy with the start that I've personally had and um, I don't think our team has played the perfect game yet. So it's really nice that we are winning games that, you know, we're not playing our perfect cricket. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with our start. Absolutely. You you spoke about they're just trying to increase your strike rate. Is that sort of looking for more boundary options? You're sort of trying to sort of maybe identify areas of the field um, to open up more options? Yeah, certainly it's more so uh, being clear on my plans and having a a better understanding of what the bowler is trying to do and then trying to manipulate the fifth gap. Uh, Obviously, we can only have four out in in women's cricket. So exploiting that fifth gap and uh, trying to basically put it there for a boundary. So, so far it's, it's working out pretty well, but bowlers are so talented now. They know exactly what change-ups and what fields they want and they can set a field and, and bowl three different types of balls to it. So it's certainly a really nice challenge and um, it's nice to kind of step up and execute in return what, what they're trying to do. So yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah, it must be great to get some rewards for all that hard work. I mean, you speak about the bowlers. The one thing I've sort of noticed is I think the bowlers have kind of caught up a little. Uh, I'm, in my opinion, I thought the batters maybe streaked ahead a little bit in development over the last couple of years. But I've noticed this season, I think that the bowlers, I don't know, I just think across the board seem to be um, more adept at keeping control of the scoring in in certain situations. Yeah, I certainly think they have a lot of skill. And um, I think they have an understanding of what will get a batter out or what can restrict the batter um, as much as possible. And and like I said, they can, they can set a field to three or four different deliveries, which I think is a skill in itself. And then executing, obviously, like 
at, at the highest level. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that the strength element and the fitness element has, has a big part to say in that um, with both at bat and ball. And we're also playing on some exceptional grounds, um, which is really nice also. I think it adds to the product of cricket that we're producing. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, series so far so the hurricane sitting as we record this and this could change when you're listening to it but you're sitting just outside the top four you know three wins out of six games how do you feel the team's tracking towards you know a finals appearance yeah I think we're a really well-rounded squad and um, like I said we haven't played our, our perfect cricket just yet but the beauty of franchise cricket is that you know you don't really know what's going to happen and um, t20 cricket I think you have to move with the ebb and ebbs and the flows of, of the game. So, yeah, executing under pressure, I think that's maybe where we've possibly let ourselves down. But we certainly have some firepower with the bat, and uh, we've got some exceptional bowlers who can um, who can bowl in all all phases of the game. So, yeah, I don't think we've been far off, and I think we've certainly competed. And um, yeah, we're just rolling with the punches at the moment. We've got two games coming up this week. You know, you speak about the, the other teams in the competition. Uh, you know, when you look at the teams above you in the ladder, you know, the Adelaide Strikers and the the, the um, Brisbane Heat, you know, what? where do you think the Hurricanes just need to improve to catch them? Oh, um, I think that's a hard one. I think the Brisbane Heat are an exceptional team. They've got so much depth within their team, uh, within their squad. And they've got people who are sitting on the sidelines who can come in and play a role. So they're certainly the, you know, the hot property within the competition at the moment. But uh, I think any, any team is certainly beatable on on their best day and, and on their worst day. So like I said, T20 cricket, you just, you plan well, you go out and you execute. And I think any team can, uh, yeah, win a game of cricket, like, anyone is beatable. So yeah, we're just focusing on, on our own strengths, our own individual plans. And um, yeah, we just need to go out and execute. Yeah, and as well, I guess in T20 comps, if you can get on a bit of a run and get some momentum uh, behind you uh, at the right time, we're seeing it with the Aussie team in the world cup, just on sort of looking at the squad and the whole sort of series. I mean, this must be quite an intense, but fun period for the players. I mean, you're obviously with the WNCL and, a lot of cricket during the year, you know, you can't, you're playing a lot, but you know, when it's WBBL time, you know, it's very compact and a lot of travel, you know, how, how do you sort of cope with that intensity? Um, I think it comes down to the person. Uh, me personally, when I'm at home, I try and stay home and uh, do the things that I enjoy doing, but it's also important to kind of switch off and socialize as well. So um, I think a lot of teams are probably doing that by, you know, going out for brekkie or going for coffee. Our team had a little golf day yesterday because we've had two days at home with How'd nothing on. So uh, I actually played pretty well. <laughs> Good. Yeah, we, we just had a little Ambrose competition within our team and uh, my pairing, uh, we were successful on the day. So we took oh, out well done. Yeah, took took out the, the prize. So but yeah, it's just about finding ways that you can gel together and spend time together and not forcing people to, uh, I guess, be out of their comfort zone if it's not, not their thing as well. And yeah, so we had a little lunch afterwards as well. So for the, for the, the non-golfers and um, yeah, it is a fun period. It's so busy at the moment, especially now that we're trying to play a little bit more home and away. We've got so much more travel 
Uh, we had a funny start heading to Launceston, to Perth, to Brisbane, back to Launceston. Wow. Um, yeah, so we've had a week at home. So it's been really nice to be in Hobart and um, for most of us sleeping in our own beds, which is also quite important as well. So, yeah, rest, recovery and doing your own thing when you get the chance. I like it. Um, and what's the sort of vibe in this Hurricane squad? I mean, who are some of the characters of the team? Um, yeah, well, well, who are the vibe setters? Oh, a big one is definitely Molly Strano. She's always going to be um, someone who who likes to have fun and, and get around the group, loves to have a, a bit of a dance in the change room. And, yeah, she, she's someone who likes to drive, um, you know, social outings as long as it doesn't involve golf because she's not a golfer. Um, and I think another person is certainly Amy Smith. She's come into her own. I think she's turning 19 this year, but she's been around for a, a, so many years and I think she's really maturing nicely, but she likes to have fun and, and have a bit of banter with, with most of her, her teammates. And it's been really nice to see her kind of blossom um, in the past 12 months. And you can see how, how well she's performing now with the ball. So, yeah, it's really nice. She's got a, a really nice role within the team. And, yeah, she likes to um, she likes to DJ in the change room and have a bit of a boogie as well. So, yeah, two people who are certainly up there with the, the vibers in the team. Absolutely. It sounds a lot of fun. And what about the skipper, Elise Villani? You know, what, what does she bring as, as a leader to the, the group? Yeah, I think what um, Junior's really sh- strong and clear at is how planned she wants to be. She's got a little iPad that she writes down all of her plans, all of her field. She gets around the bowlers. And I think it's it's certainly something that um, I've really appreciated. I guess the way she she talks about the game, just being really clear, really planned on on how we wanna how we wanna play our cricket. And I think the way she's been batting, uh, she's really leading leading with the bat, which is really nice. So yeah, she's, she's she's a calm, calm character and always so positive. And I think that's really important when you're a leader within the group. Yeah, fantastic player, Elise Villani. Um, yeah. Great for you to have her back. Also, I noticed um, with the, the team, you, you're due to play at the Sydney Cricket Ground in the stadium series. So the Hurricanes will be taking on the Strikers on the 26th of November, I think it is. So, uh, you know, that must be a really exciting prospect to be playing at the SCG again. Yeah, I'm so excited to be back at the SCG. I've played some um, incredible matches there in my time, uh, particularly when we used to play the Sydney Derby and you know Sydney versus uh, Sydney Thunder versus Sydney Sixers and the the women and the men playing on the same day. It was always such an incredible spectacle to be a part of, and um, yeah, so much history at the SCG. So I'm excited to be playing back there. It's always a, an incredible ground to to play cricket. So I think it's it, an, an awesome initiative for Cricket Australia to be having it, pushing for us to be playing on some of the best grounds in the country. And, yeah, I'm really excited. I remember one of those games. I, I think you – did you hit the winning runs for the Thunder against the Sixers there or were you at the crease in one of those games when you, you won? I think it was a curtain raiser. Um, yeah, possibly. I, I don't. I don't think I've hit the winning runs, but I. Um, I think I was. I was part of a, an important run chase against the Sixers, and we actually had a pretty good record beating the Sixers on the SCG, which was nice. I think. Um, I think we got over the line. Renee Farrell on her birthday. I think she hit the winning runs, which was really cool to watch. But yeah, it's a, it's a it's a lovely ground, and I'm really excited to be back there. 
Yeah, I remember that game. There was a big crowd coming in for the men's big bash game, and it was a real thriller. And yeah, I think you might I've checked that. I think you made some runs at the end there just to get you over the line. Um, a couple of things with the tournament. So what do you think of the power surge as a player? Um, oh, I don't think it's changed the game. I, I certainly think um on some of the best grounds it probably does help scoring maybe 20 more runs than um usual, but uh, I don't think that the, the four over power play is over very quickly. Uh, and then we're all of a sudden into the middle overs and there's four out. It's just it's just a, a different element. It allows for a, a set batter uh, possibly around the, the 11th to the, the 14th to up the ante and have only two out. And I think it's an exciting part of the game. I could all, like, you could all, all, almost argue that we should go a six, six over power play and then have a, a two over surge as well. Um, if we really want to, you know, really mm. increase the runs being scored. Um, good luck to the bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's so many different elements that you could bring into a cricket match. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we're following suit to the men a little bit. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting um, part of the game. It certainly changes the chase a little bit, knowing that the, the chasing team might have that up their sleeve. I do miss the six overs at the front because my theory is that when you've got six overs at the front, the openers can say, look at a couple of overs, and then they know they've got four overs with the field up to make hay. Whereas I feel at the moment that four overs is not a lot of time to take advantage of the field up. So anyway. That's just my opinion. Um, Food for thought. <laughs> exactly. What, what about the length of the tournament? Are you happy with the 14-game season? Oh, look, I think they'll eventually want to shorten it, which will suit international players. But from a domestic playing point of view, I think the 14 games is fine. We've played 14 games from, since the start. Uh, they haven't had an issue until all these other tournaments have existed around the world. So... It's only just becoming an issue now, but I like the the home and away. You play everyone twice. Same. I think drawing drawing a, a certain team, like you know, say we we drew the the Heat, we had to play them yeah. twice, and then didn't play another team twice. I, I don't know if there'd be a lot of fairness around that. I don't know what the draw looks like for the men. I haven't looked at it yet. No, no, um, but it makes but sense. It, what you're yeah, saying. it would. There would be a lot of elements to it that. Um, would possibly make it a little unfair. Uh, but I can see why they do want to shorten it. Um, they've condensed our competition, I think, to a smaller time frame, still playing 14 matches, and I think we're making it work. I uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they'd have to make up the, the cricket if we did lose some T20 games and whether that comes in the form of white ball cricket or red ball cricket or, uh, you know, a, a mini state T20 competition, I, I certainly think that should be on the cards. I don't think we should lose any content, but I definitely think they'll probably shorten it next year or, you know, in, in the coming years to suit the international schedule. Yeah, you're right. It is about trying to get international players because um, actually domestic female cricketers don't play enough cricket almost at the moment. It's just the WNCL and uh, the WBBL that are the main the main ga- professional games you get to play. So I totally yeah. see where you're coming from. So just to wrap things up, Naomi, it's been great to talk to you. Just a couple of quick ones. So when you were last on the show, you were you were living in Sydney, playing for New South Wales. And I'm going to say a few things here. Uh, so you, <laughs> you moved down to Tasmania in 2020. You were cut from the New South Wales squad, as you know. 
But in the last two years, Tasmania are back-to-back title holders in the WNCL. New South Wales have not won anything since you left, so coincidence or not, you'd be the judge listener. But, you know, it must be so satisfying for you to make such a huge move like this and to win those two WNCL titles and uh, achieve such uh, great success. I mean, yeah, obviously it's it's hard when you when you don't get picked. Of course. But I, I guess, like, for me to make a choice to continue playing elite cricket, that was a... Yeah, I was I was always going to continue to play. It's just whether where that opportunity came, and I'm lucky enough to be a part of an incredible program down in Tassie. And um, yeah, you, you could say it's it's been a funny journey if you if you look at all the elements into it in terms of what the yeah the, the success that we've experienced and what other teams haven't experienced. Um, but for me, it's more focusing on the journey that I've had and where I've come from and where I am now. And I've experienced a lot of lifestyle happiness and um, professional happiness since moving here. And I, yeah, I, I think the word would be contentment uh, that I've got now. And I'm, I'm pretty happy within myself and who I am as a person, as a cricketer. And that's all that really matters to me. Plus winning's always a little bit fun, a little bit more fun than usual. So um, I've really enjoyed my time in Tassie and we've got a great group of cricketers and people down here. And yeah, it's really nice to experience success with all of them. That's beautiful to hear. And it sounds like to me in 2020, when you were cut, you, you weren't going to give up cricket. You were going to make sure you kept playing. Yeah, no, I um, didn't feel like my time was done. I was only 26. So uh, yeah, I still felt like I'd still had a little bit more to give to the game. So it's been nice to continue to, play elite cricket, grow as a person and grow as a cricketer. And, yeah, we've got a very experienced squad down in Tassie and um, you can really sh- you can really see that through our performances. So it's been really nice. And, yeah, I'm not hanging up the boots anytime soon. So Good. Well, you only – I mean, I was looking at it because, um, you know, when you came on the podcast the first time you were 22 and you're now only 29. So you're just hitting the peak of your career from the west Absolutely. of Sydney, the west of Sydney to the – the southern tip of Australia, how beautiful. Uh, and last yeah. one, just because watching this on TV blew my mind. So, you know, the, the WNCL final last season, you made a fine 75 in that game. South Australia cruising to victory in the chase. And then they lose, what, five for two in the last over to lose by one run. It's one of the most astonishing finishes to a cricket game I've ever seen. What was it like uh, being out on the field there in, in part of that moment? Oh, it was so nerve wracking. And I think with the weather around and what it had done to the ground as a fielder, so many people were thinking, I hope the ball doesn't get hit to me because I won't be able to stop it just because like it was just so wet and um, just like really skiddy. So, but yeah, Sarah Coit with the ball, I don't don't think anyone really knew what was going to happen, but we're also not surprised. I think she's a class player. Um, And I guess... It was just coming out of each rain delays as best as possible. And, yeah, like I said before, it comes down to planning and then executing and what he got the job done. But I think it was an incredible game. And I think those are the ones that are probably more a little bit more special. Um, we, we cruised home in our first title with Tassie, but last year's title was um, an incredible one. And uh, we really celebrated that one. And 
yeah, it, it took it took its toll on us. We were pretty exhausted afterwards. What the celebration or the the game? Oh, I think the the emotional roller coaster of the match. But then, um, yeah, we partied hard afterwards, as you do. No, oh, <laughs> as you should. Back to back titles. That is yeah, an amazing achievement. Well, Naomi, thanks so much for joining me on Cricket Unfiltered. Best of luck with the rest of the WBBL campaign. I really hope the Hurricanes and yourself do really well, and it's been great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.